0: Hello and welcome to Randomer Nintendo number three. Huh. I'm Jason. I'm Angel. What? What was I huh about?
1: Uh well, you know, I have a soundboard and I press one of the buttons and it's the well, yeah, like a little warning symbol. So I was like, huh, mm-hmm. that usually never happens.
0: Are we are you is this being saved forever? Are you recording or is this a fleeting conversation that no one else will ever hear?
1: Oh, no, it's just a thing that I'm pointing out to the general public. Ah, gotcha. I see, I
0: see. Yeah, it's just, it's
1: just um, something weird. Y- but, yeah. Speaking of oh, things good.
0: acting weird, you may... That's good. Uh, as I just say, speaking of things acting weird, you may notice there are only two voices today. Uh, Kevin, unfortunately, at the last second, was unable to join us to record. So we're kind of pivoting the episode a little. Um, it's not... A normal, full Randomer Nintendo. It's the uh, video game energy drink of Randomer Nintendo. So it's a little more focused on video game stuff. It's going to probably be a little shorter, but pack a bit more of a punch. Um, be clear. Well, it's not like it's it more focused on buzzing video- all day. Oh, Kevin's
1: gone. So let's actually talk about video games for once. It's like, no, it's just... no, 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 no. It's more like the only topic yeah, yeah, the topic that we Kevin happen to bring happens to all
0: yeah. that. Yeah, we, we've distilled it down in light of it just being the two of us because that's all we had to talk about anyway. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, have, it's it's gonna be kind of like the Jason and Angel Power Hour from the old ran Nintendo days, except I don't think we're talking about chocolate bread today. Unless you have more chocolate breads you wish to uh, share with the world.
1: Oh man, I haven't even had that chocolate bread in a while. I've been. Did you ever figure Did out you... what the bread was called, by the way? No.
0: But oh. yeah, so even, even just... two years later, we still can't help people.
1: <laughs> uh... Oh well, I'll run into it eventually. Uh, I've been eating a lot year in general. If anything, I've been getting really into these pressed juices from a company literally called Pressed. Yeah, mm. yeah, really... they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. Been having their almond milk, their various, I guess, juice types. Like you know, they have like a more citrusy one. They have one that's all pure vegetables. One that's more beany towards fruit. But you know, I so what? Get the... What
0: sent you? What sent That's you down me. this healthy road? Because you used to eat, like, me. I mean, yeah, let me put it this way. Yesterday, I ate a uh, breakfast burrito with bacon, avocado, and scrambled eggs, and then Wingstop for dinner. That used to be the way we both ate. You don't do that anymore. <laughs> what what changed is it just, like, new it's outlook like on two, life? it
1: been, like, about, like, two months since I started doing this. Definitely since. Yeah, I don't remember when. Um. No, nah, just in general, just, like, trying uh, to find ways to make sure that You know, I feel better throughout the day. Because, like, yeah, I kind of took for granted, like, just how big of an impact food can have. Not just on your overall health, but just your overall levels of energy. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, just haven't really been feeling the way I should be. So, I've been trying to, you know, actually get the, the amount of vegetables I need every day. Whether it's by means of a juice, which, honestly, it's just so convenient and so good. But, you know, it's not the... The cheapest thing, but you know, I've had ways to swing it, and yeah, not to mention just uh, I wouldn't say it was like the biggest concern, but you know, it was also like a thing where it's like, oh, you know what, I definitely like put on some weight just by not doing like as much exercise as I used to, so like, also just like doing that, so it's been um. That, I'm guilty
0: of too. I used to be really good about walking like a mile, mile and a half, um, which isn't a lot, but, you know, 20, 30-minute walk in the neighborhood. I used to do that pretty regularly. Then it got hot out, and that was the end of that. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: damn. But you go to like a gym, right? Yeah, I haven't gone to that gym as much recently just because... I just felt kind of busy, and I've been doing a lot of side stuff. It's not really an excuse, because, you know, you can always make time for the gym. But, yeah, I just... Having these couple of weeks, so mentally, I just, like, can't really split up time like that right now. Just need to finish some side projects first before I feel like I can jump back in. But, you know, I still have been going on, like, almost day walks. I like, usually, like, I'll walk about about a mile, like, during lunch. Just, like, walk mile to... Get some food and then walk a mile back. But uh, so, most likely gonna get a bike soon as well, just because there's a lot of bike paths like around the studio, which is really awesome. So I can, you know, just bike further during lunch, go to some new places. There's a lot of great salad places. I've been getting a lot of salads mainly late for lunch or dinner, and yeah, just kind of if you go on towards, that.
0: if you go towards the ocean. Um, this is super, like, one listener will be like, oh, I appreciate what's about where I'm back here. But if you go towards the ocean from your office into, like, um, uh, kind of the uh, a part of play of this that's over by the, the beach, there's a place called Playa Provisions that has some pretty good cold salads.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, once you have a bike, Was it's it like probably a like, 7 to 10 minute drive from your office. Yeah, it's like a 7 to 10 minute drive from where you are. So it's probably like a 20 minute bike ride, 15, 25 minute bike ride. But, yeah. Um, well, someone out there, okay. someone in like Kentucky, is listening to this and being like, "I know where I'm going when I visit LA." This random salad bar that Jason name dropped. Um, I mean, yeah, I used minutes, to do ring fit a bit more. That
1: only gives me like ten minutes to, I guess, just pick up the food, but not even get to eat it. They'll have to do another twenty-five minute back, right back.
0: But that, but that depends. Like, if you want to do more exercise during your lunch, you could eat at your desk, I assume, right? Like once you're back,
1: because some people use their
0: lunch breaks just to go get stuff and then they
1: bring it back oh, It eat. depends. It just depends on the day. So, yeah.
0: Fair, fair. This is getting really in the weeds. For for a thing that we're like, yeah, video games,
1: <laughs> we very quickly went the polar opposite, outdoor exercise. <laughs> I know, right? But yeah, I'm actually pretty excited about yeah. getting a bike again. I haven't had a bike since the Santa Barbara days, and the bike that I did have at Santa Barbara. Well, I guess it was, like, the second bike I had at Santa Barbara, but that one is also, like, long gone. The streets of, like, my home aren't the most bike-friendly and you know because right, like i said right. like there's a bunch of nice bike routes like near where i work like it just seemed perfect and there was like a bike shop that's like walking distance from my place i mean yeah from work and i was like oh i want to like kind of support this you know this business it's, it's been pretty cool the people are the you know i got to learn about the difference between like the road bikes the hybrids the mountain bikes i like, more exactly about like what i will need and I thought, like, oh man, like a minimum, I expect that, I think I would get like this, like a $1,200 one. But then I was talking to the guy or the owner. He was like, me mean, like a couple different ones. It was like a $400 one and a $600 one. That he said, like, based on like what I described, you know, that's probably the one I'd want to go with, not like the $1,000 one. But there are some things on that one that mm-hmm. like I wouldn't really notice or. Yeah, notice or really take advantage of if I'm just gonna be more on the casual side, because you know, I guess I'd be on that point. Like, yeah, like the one I'm gonna, the one I'm most likely gonna, get's gonna be lightweight. But will I really notice the difference if it's carbon fiber versus aluminum? It's like, probably not. But I'm sure if I got right. way more into it, that kind of difference would matter. But yeah.
0: But yeah, I, I will say what this makes me realize is because I like I like biking too and I used to love doing Santa Barbara and even these last couple of weeks, like if anyone's been anyone follows me on social media, you've seen I've been zipping around the western part of the US, um, as in Utah, as in Seattle, huh. and as in Comic Con with you, and in, in San Diego, uh Tahoe, and like all those places. Like I we were using lime scooters, we were biking like in Utah I was biking along like the Utah Lake, which was really nice and like it made me miss biking and I realized it'd be cool if there was a way like, I like using Pikmin Bloom still, believe it or not. Um, I still check it all the time. In fact, I've actually poured in the last, I don't know, since I've been traveling, I poured probably like 10 or 15 bucks into it because I had to keep increasing my storage size for my Pikmin and for my seeds and that sort of thing. Um, and I realize it's great, and it does track if you're you're moving, if you're walking, and that's true on a bike, but it would be cool if there was a app like Pikmin Bloom, or there's something that hooked into Apple's uh, fitness stuff a little better on your watch, like the fitness tracking, to gamify more than just steps you take. Like, I would be definitely more motivated to, as silly as it sounds, but I would be definitely more motivated to, like, go get a bike and start biking if, like, it did something different in Pikmin Bloom or if there was some so other Nintendo experience. So, you that, like, gamified an or app something.
1: you need like an no, app interaction I'm saying... of th- 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 to get you to a bike?
0: Yeah, a little. all. Maybe, not necessarily to get a bike, but like I – when I was doing the – you know how I told her? To I, do like like a ago, I exercise? Yeah, like I would walk like a mile and a half in the neighborhood. Um, Pikmin Bloom, I'd always I like turn it on and be like, oh, time to plant some flowers. Yeah, I like – well, it's not that I need it. It's like I like the gamification. Like I still enjoyed doing the bike ride. That's how I saw the uh, the real-life badoof that we talked about last random or Nintendo when I was in Utah. But like I don't – I don't know. Like I feel like in, in situations like there's Pikmin community days once a month, right? And uh, there's actually one today when we're recording, which I'm probably not going to do because of the heat. But like in April, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to hit 10,000 steps today just because like why not? I'll get a cool little thing. I think Niantic setting up a booth at Grand Park in LA. I'll go check that out and then I'll just do some walking. And, and I went and I did it. and I walked 10,000 steps in one day, which outside of when I'm doing these various vacations and walking a lot, that's these days in the work from home environment, that's rare for me. Um, and maybe it's sad that this is what it takes, but this is what it takes for me. So it would be cool if, like, they could gamify it in the way they gamified walking, or the way they gamified just like going out in the world, of Pokemon Go, or something. Um, I don't know what that would look like. Maybe it's just an enhancement to Pikmin Blue. Maybe it's just they hook into the health data from Apple Bear, like I was saying. But like, it would be cool if you could sort of like, I don't know, do some sort of gamification with it that ties back to Nintendo. That'd be fun. I mean, Nintendo already gamifies exercise with Ring Fit, right? So, like, this isn't that far-fetched of an idea. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know too. if I'll ever do it, but it would be fun. It'd be fun. Um, it would be fun. Yeah, I mean, we'll I would see. like to we'll see,
1: see a Ring Fit, because as much as I would like to get back into it, the fact that it beat it uh, does kind of make it a little tough, even though, you know, it's like, oh, it's do it for the exercise, but it's not the same thing. It also doesn't help that, as I had mentioned back in A Random Nintendo, that... Like I lost all my data, so like I already had beaten it, I have to do it again. So that kind of makes it a little less motivating to do it again, even though it's kind of like a reset. But you know, it is yeah right now. Yeah,
0: I mean, I it's only a matter of time. I feel like like maybe they'll wait till the next console. But it sold something like fourteen million copies. Like that game is a huge hit for them. Like I'd be shocked if they just one and done Ring Fit forever.
1: Oh yeah, you know time time will tell. And they kind got keep the, the Splatoon music person busy, because, I mean, yeah, music is <laughs> yeah. also
0: great. Yeah, is it the same? You it think is. it's the same
1: person that does
0: Splatoon? Oh, it's confirmed? Interesting. Yeah, I don't remember. But really yeah, know. the music is a high live Ring Fit, for sure.
1: I don't remember where I read or heard of that, but I was like, oh, pretty awesome.
0: Well, Let's you, you download the soundtracks, so it might be in the MP3 tags. That might be where you saw it.
1: No, because in Ring Fit, it does actually say the name of but for the all the Splatoon ones, they give you like those fake ones. So it's like, oh, Turquoise.
0: Oh, right. Or, urchin. Yeah.
1: Or, or Pearl Jam or something. But Pearl
0: Jam's a real band for what it's worth. That's not. <laughs> that's a real band from Seattle. Or the Eddie Anquabats Vedder. Or that's a real group. That's awesome. Okay. Now you're doing it intentionally. I see. Okay. Um. Well, maybe they'll. So you're saying Deep Cut or whatever the name of the new one is from Splatoon 3 would just be created Deep Cut.
1: Oh, that's what they're called.
0: I think that's what the new one's called. There's three of them now, uh including a man ray named Big Man who just goes A to everything, but then parentheses, they translate what his A means. But yeah, um there's not a oh, yeah, I haven't seen the, the, the director of it. So I
1: have no
0: idea. Ah, uh, well, well we'll get to that, I guess, cuz that's definitely something to talk about in this uh I was already, what, what we oh, I the already sold on the energy game. I
1: know it was announced. So
0: which is funny, because I'm kind of feeling know, the opposite about it, but, but you know what I have been into, though? Because um, I've been feeling kind of the opposite about... about I'm still going to guess Platoon 3, don't get me wrong. But what I've been like really into these past couple of weeks, I've been putting a lot of time into the new um, second wave of the Mario Kart 8 Booster Course Pass. Um, have you had a chance to try them yet? Any of the tracks?
1: No, that is something I have really wanted to play, but just haven't had time.
0: Well, well, let I, me preface it a little free for time you. I've had, I've not every re-
1: tales of, yeah, but I'll talk about once they beat it.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, wait, what? You're playing another tales?
1: When did well, this? I'm when I'm did this happen? Did it take forever? With all oh, really the tales true. Being I
0: mean these are these are year long prog- multi year projects for you, huh? Getting through tales.
1: Only because we go along switch to the tenth without playing them, but yeah.
0: Right. Right. Um. Well, yeah, I'd be curious to hear what you think of that um, once you, you know, actually sink your teeth into it more. But yeah, in terms of Mario Kart, let me let me preface it for you that not every track is going to be a 10 out of 10. Like, just don't go in expecting all greatness. But I do think... I mean, I feel the way it, <laughs> You doing...
1: definitely get that from that, Right.
0: Well, no, but that's the thing. I think Nintendo's doing a good job now of really finding tracks that, for the most part, offer something a bit more unique, even if small. Um, like, one of the new tracks which you'll see, is uh, Super Circuit's uh, Snowland. And this is the one track where Iron Box is actually kind of shimmy down the course with you. So that's something that, it's minor, but it, you know, stands out against the other tracks. So you have got, like, Kamari Desert, which, uh, it's now, like, the version that's in Mario Kart Mobile. So now instead of just racing through the desert three laps, they have you race through the train track portion for a lap, which is kind of like a fun riff on the traffic packed courses that already exist in the game, except now you're dodging this one big train instead of all these little cards or whatever. Um mushroom gorge is in there. That's pretty much one to one with uh the Wii version. So that means the big old bouncy mushrooms to traverse. While the Ouija pinball's in there, which is one of my all time favorite tracks. That has some incredible theming and looks really good on an OLED screen. So like there's a lot of things that like little tiny things that just kind of stand out within the tracks that make them kind of a little more than Wave 1 just being like, well, here's a dump of tracks. Um And then you've got the real newcomers, too, right? Like, in, in the truest sense, the newest of the new is uh Sky High Sunday, which... Neat. um, yeah. yeah. and I think it's coming to tour very soon, if not already, but it did debut in the Wave 2 DLC, which was cool. And it's... Well, visually speaking, it's kind of like Fall Guys. Like, it's very bright, it's very colorful, uh, in this case, it's dessert-themed. There's actually been this weird... I don't know, between Sky High Sunday and Kirby's Dream Buffet, uh, I feel like Nintendo's on this real thematic kick of late. But um, track design-wise, I guess fair warning for you as you go into it. Um, I i don't... Like, visually, it's... I'm going to make the pot. I'm going to do it. Visually, it's a treat. Ha, 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 ha. But, uh, no, but the, the, the detail... Thank you. I'm so glad we have a soundboard now for Ram or Nintendo. That was that was perfect. But yeah, no, like, literally, like, the detail and, like, the dessert theming of the structures you pass. There's a ice cream cone helicopter flying around. Like, it, it's really excellent attention to detail. But as a track, it's kind of basic. Like, it's really just an oval. <laughs> like, at one point, I guess there are two layers. But so much of it is uh, simply moving up at an angle on, like, an anti-grav, like, slope that the camera's actually zoomed in more than usual on you, and you don't even really notice there's an alternate layer of the track. Like, it took me four or five playthroughs when I accidentally fell in there to go, oh, there's a second... There's, like, a lower platform you can go on. Um, so it's it's fine. It's fun. Um, I think what makes it special is the theming, because the layout itself is... is It just is. Um, but honestly, I'm more into... And the ones I think are the highlights as you, you know, start to go check them out, Angel, I think are the... Not quite as new tracks from Mario Kart Tour. Um, new York Minute and Sydney Sprint. Um, I think it's Sprint. I keep on calling it Sydney Spirit, but that's not the name. Which are basically um, new
1: tracks as far as we're
0: concerned. Yeah, as far as we're concerned because we don't play Tour. They're new tracks. You know, They have normal controls for the first time. They don't have the gotcha system. They're basically new tracks. And structurally, I think these tracks, like the city tracks from Tour, continue to be – at least in my opinion, kind of the most interesting thing we've seen in a Mario Kart in a while. Like, it really feels like someone took, like, a 90s arcade racer and just shoved it inside Mario Kart. Uh, I think in part because of, like, kind of the real-world landmarks and theming. It's not like a cruising game or a rush game. But we've also... uh, We're also kind of used to, up to this point, Mario Kart only having courses that are full three laps or, like, one continuous track with three-lap breakpoints, for lack lack of a better term. Um, and the tour tracks do this kind of cool thing where they interweave all the laps, right? So, like, each will take you a different route, but they all use the same sort of areas and crisscross one another. So, for me, it's been interesting to see how the idea has sort of evolved. Um, in Wave 1, you could see it in how Paris felt a bit simpler than Tokyo. Uh, and now, here in Wave 2, we're getting ports of the very first city track, which was New York, and then a much later one in Sydney. And the contrast is kind of wild. Like, the difference in complexity... And overlaying and interweaving between the two is, I wouldn't say night and day, but very notable. Like, New York is certainly simpler. Um, it's a lot of just, like, now make a right turn instead of a left turn, and those turns all seem to be in a pretty bare-bones-looking Central Park. Uh, but with Sydney, you're going down a road dodging obstacles, and then surprise, and you, like, go the other way a lap later, some of those obstacles are actually jumps— and you're weaving from driving on one side of the opera house in Sydney to being on the shoreline to next cutting across the two, like for the third lap. Like it's just – it's really well mapped out and it's super fun as saying, a result and feels really dynamic.
1: So you think they hmm. really like Australia but whoever designed the New York one kind of phoned it in?
0: Well, that's the thing. I don't know if they phoned it in because I think the um some of the fun of them is the references to the cities, right? And even in New York Minute and its simplicity, like being able to recognize, oh, I just hang glided into the lobby of Rockefeller Center and all the toads are dressed just like the security guards dressed there, like because they kind of have a weird like old fashioned uniform. Uh, like that does add something to it. Um, so I think the like attention to detail is something to give Nintendo credit for with these city tracks regardless of the layout. It's just as they continue to toy with this idea of crisscrossing the paths, they just got more and more elaborate. But the details there, I mean, there is one thing in the Sydney track, like I think it's the third lap, you leave the opera house and you're kind of going along this yellow brick stone wall, curved wall thing. Spitting image of what it actually looks like in Sydney. Like they really, like, got the details down. So... So yeah, I think it's 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 not that they don't like New York, it's just they, they were, I think, getting more comfortable with getting more crazy with interweaving the tracks. Um, which left me very happy, like the whole package, I'm very happy with the Mario Kart D L C. It's you know, it's, it's straight into the point. They added more of what people love and a couple you know, little additional track mechanics for good measure. It's it's good stuff. Um but I think it's also partially contributed the Mario Kart DLC to what Um, I, how do I even word this? I feel like I've been having some sort of low-key existential crisis. Um, Nintendo's giving me like a low-key existential crisis over what I want out of my video games, if that makes sense, which it doesn't. But there's been like three major things Nintendo did since we last recorded, right? Like, Four, if you count the news, that um, Kirby Dream Buffet comes out on the 17th, which I'm very excited about but did not give me an existential crisis. But there was a sequence of, like, three major events. You kind of already touched on one. Um, and they've left – they kind of are leaving my head a little scrambled. So there's the launch of the Mario Kart DLC. That was the first, and that seems very straightforward, one-to-one, expectation to reality, you know. 16 new tracks, part of an existing $25 DLC purchase, or your Switch Online subscription. It's It, it makes sense, yeah. Like, okay. But then came the Pokemon Presents with new Scarlet and Violet details, and then the Splatoon 3 Direct you mentioned you didn't watch. And what's tripping me up is how I reacted to each of those compared to each other and compared to Mario Kart. So first, uh, if you don't mind me just talking through them here with you, first, the big news out of Pokemon Presents was um, those Scarlet and Violet details, namely Fido, a dog made of bread, excellent pun, D-O-U-G-H, great stuff Nintendo. No, but more seriously, um, there was news that You get the two legendaries up front now, and they serve as all trained vehicles for you to kind of explore the open world. And there's this new bow mechanic in the form of the uh, terrestrial Pokemon, which uh, amounts to the century's new gimmick for how Pokemon can transform mid-battle. This time around, they basically crystallize and inexplicably sprout ornate chandeliers on their heads, because why not, I guess? And in doing so, they then become an additional type mid-battle. Before I go any further,
1: Angel... Or does it replace
0: yes. the type? Oh, it might replace. It might replace, actually. But the type changes, is what's key. Is They have a new type with new moves available. And Angel, um, I gotta ask, before I even go any further, you're you're Mr. Battler, right? Like, that was your thing in Pokemon. Are chandeliers on heads the thing that's gonna bring you back to Pokemon? Is this interesting, captivating, gimmicky? Oh,
1: Where do you I kind also of fall did not this? watch this directly. Um... Oh,
0: well, they're straight up, like, they look like they fell through some sort of um, ornate chandelier store. <laughs> like I don't know how to describe it. Like they're Chris yeah. But it does, it does do, it does change their type or added type. I will double check that right now, actually.
1: Huh. but yeah, I mean, I'm still on the fence if I'm going to get this one, just because I was already interested, wanted to play Sword and Shield, but I just never got around to it. And this is kind of starting to feel like the same thing. Like I'm interested in playing it, but. I honestly don't even know if I'm gonna have time to dedicate to this kind of level of game, especially with you it know like I mentioned tales and other stuff. So maybe eventually, hopefully, hopefully before the um, the DLC drops, whenever that is. But yeah, will have to see.
0: Here, so here's your answer, by the way. Um, it changes their type. As a practical example, this is coming from some website, uh, I don't know what website, but here's a practical example. Consider the dragon flying Pokemon Dragonite. If Dragonite has a water terra type and pterastalizes, as the technical term, uh, it becomes a pure water type Pokemon. It loses its STAB for dragon and flying moves, but gains STAB for water moves. It also gains extra damage for its water moves. So there you go. That's what we'll do. So they're literally outright changing the Pokemon on the fly by putting chandeliers
1: on their heads. Huh. That's so How similar or different is that is, to um, like... How yeah, how similar or like... different is that to
0: something like Mega Evolutions, though? I this mean... would also do to type change, right?
1: It's kind of the same, isn't it? Well, they had a type change, but I mean, it wasn't controlled. Like, I mean, Pinsir was gained flying, and that was it. The implication here oh, sounds so like but, you could you could make Pinsir a Water type or a Dragon type or a Rock type or whatever crown you happen to have, which or, so or the crown evolutions two So it's like different. It's just like because you know, like some some people or some Pokemon that have like a four time weakness to something can suddenly you know protect themselves from you know like one of those critical moves. I like if you have an ice. Well, I guess that would be a good one. I think it's ice. Ice and Dark. It's a like quadruple weakness to Rock. I mean, to Fighting. So I guess if they use the Crown, they could make them something you know, like a Normal-type. Suddenly, Oh, wait, no, that's dope to Fighting. Um, they make them a Ghost-type. And and suddenly, here's the thing suddenly, I don't know for sure. Suddenly they're immune sure to, to Fighting, so if your opponent was throwing go, a Fighting-type move, then bam, they're suddenly in trouble.
0: As I said, before I go too far down this road, what I don't know for sure, and I don't know if Nintendo's confirmed, is I don't know if any Pokemon can be can tear a terra type into any new type. It might be somewhat limited, oh. right? Like, it might be you can tear a Pikachu into a flying one. They're actually giving that with pre-order bonus. Like, you can have the Pikachu with balloons. So maybe that's one, but maybe you can't turn into a water type. So it may not have the f- flexibility you're describing. But it sounds like it is maybe a little more than Mega Evolutions, kind of.
1: Yeah. I mean... Also, I mean, if that remains their type until they're dead, then that makes them more like Mega Evolution as well. But, yeah,
0: yeah and, and, and this this here is the root of my mini existential crisis, because, like, Scarlet and Violet is basically Sword and Shield on steroids, right? Like, we're going fuller open world instead of wild areas. Gyms can be conquered in any order now instead of a sequence. Co-op is expanded beyond raids. Raids themselves have tweaked mechanics to account for the terrorist stuff. And I'm looking at all this and going, well, gee... That alone seems worth the price of admission at sixty bucks. Like, look at all these enhancements and improvements to what Soren and show already had, and then then come the Terra types, um, which by the way, huge missed opportunity to not run with the pun of calling them Terraforms, but okay, Nintendo, be that way. Uh, but regardless, uh, why, like, why do something as what visually is as silly as chandeliers on their heads when they can bring back an enhanced or even same version of Mega Evolutions, like been years since we saw them in x and y and omega ruby and alpha sapphire like it just feels like when you see you haven't watched the presentation but when you see the chandeliers on their head like it feels weird like it just feels more natural to pokemon world to like expand mega evolutions or just return to that system even if it's a bit of a rehash it hasn't been done since 2014 like i get they need something um you know they need new features or gimmicks across every aspect of Pokemon's gameplay because everyone comes in for a different reason and they need to keep selling to all those people. I mean, it's, it's an annual franchise now. And as of, and yes, I'm sneaking these in, and no, I'm not sorry. Nintendo uh, talked about their quarterly financials last week, right? And we're not going to do a whole sales break now, I promise you. But one interesting thing, 24.5 million people owned Sword and Shield. 12.6 million people bought Pokemon Legends in the, what, seven months since it's been out? So you, you got to hit every angle to get as many of them to want to upgrade. And... You know, some care more about exploration, like me. Others want changes to battles, probably more like you. Um, but, like, functionally, types aren't all that different from Mega Evolution. so why not just give us the thing that doesn't look so gimmicky and just expand on that? Like, I don't know. And this is exactly where my existential crisis occurred. So it was Scarlet and Violet. I'm all about the improvements to existing systems, expansion of existing ideas, revisiting older features. Like, all that sounds great. I'll pay 60 bucks. Meanwhile... If you skip ahead a week to the Splatoon 3 Direct, you know what my number one concern was coming out of that presentation? Splatoon 3 is all improvements to existing systems, expansions of existing ideas, and revisiting older features. There's nothing new. There's no, like, new gimmicks or modes. And here, that suddenly kind of bugged me, even though it didn't bug me for Pokemon. Like, I feel like a walking contradiction. Pokemon, like, you're doing too much of change, and Splatoon, like, you're not changing enough. And, like, I, I don't know. And then to compound that, We've got something I was just kind of raving about, the Mario Kart DLC, and that boils down ultimately you know, to just new tracks with some minor mechanics in uh, the same way that you could argue Splatoon 3 has some new maps alongside weapons that introduce some minor new mechanics. And for some reason, I'm all about it in Kart, yet I'm ho-hum on what Splatoon is doing. Again, contradiction. It doesn't make sense. Um, I mean, I guess to try to feel a little better about my own cognitive dissonance, um, I should point out that, at least with Mario Kart and Splatoon, we're talking different scales. You know, Mario Kart's content is DLC. They're trying to further sell a game that, as Nintendo revealed in those same financials, is now, like, 47 million copies sold. So this is obviously going to help them get to 50 million, and it's also, of course, a way a double dip on every, you know, every single person that's bought the game, uh, including somehow 1.5 million additional people that bought it from April to June, like, so many years after launch, like, who are these people? But anyway, um, so if you're just augmenting an existing game, you don't really need as much. I get that. But almost to that same end, it leaves Platoon 3 in kind of a weird spot that maybe justifies some of like, my cognitive dissonance, because, like, I feel like Nintendo, they seem, and I'm curious if you have the same pressure Nintendo Angel, but for me, I feel like Nintendo seems to take a lot of pride in the fact that they rarely do direct Iterative sequels, like some franchises of theirs, see releases with very similar gameplay. No doubt about that. But if you look at like their biggest movers and shakers in terms of fan reception, in terms of sales, they tend to either be the debut of a series on Switch, so they can get away with it being kind of similar, or they do something notably expanded or different than what the series the series previously offered on Switch.
1: Do you um, consider? Like this past quarter. Hmm. I mean, I, I guess it depends. It's like, do you consider like Mario? odyssey is two to galaxy or blah 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 or, you know like every zelda game is sequel, kind of to each other i mean they're obviously not sequels since you know like, I, not, like they, they're continuing I mean, they're a not, story they, but they, they are also they but they also are, are you know just because you know it's like, it's like oh, what is the next entry it is the next entry but
0: but even think of like metroid prime if you want to do a numerical sequel metroid prime 1 was this isolated Pharaoh 1 plant. Metroid Prime 2 introduced a multiplayer aspect. Metroid Prime 3 expanded the single-player to now be a multi-planet thing with all sorts of, like, planet hopping. Like, they do things where it's, like, moving forward in some way, right? Um, and I think, like, a good example this past quarter is if you look at something like Kirby and the Forgotten Land. It's not the first time Kirby's been on Switch, but it offered a new, well-executed twist on that series gameplay. It was a ton of fun. It felt unique to the franchise. And it was rewarded by becoming like the best selling Kirby game in the franchise's entire history, 30 year history. They surpassed that sales number in 15 weeks flat. Like it was very well received as a result. And similarly, you know, Switch Sports say what you will about longevity from a player perspective, but for anyone outside of the maybe couple hundred thousand people who played um, Wii Sports Club on Wii U, here is essentially the first time the series has offered at, in mass online play and leagues. And the reward for Nintendo, Star Race sold sold like nearly 5 million copies. It's selling at a faster clip than how Wii Sports Resort did back in the Wii days when it first came out. So the thing I'm tripping up on here what's puzzling me about Splatoon is that 3, for me, feels so similar gameplay-wise to 2. It feels very iterative. It's what it feels like Splatoon 2 was to Splatoon 1, maybe more so because um, Splatoon 2 introduced Salmon Run. There's no equivalent to Salmon Run here. Like, there's that cool. Like, there's, I know you didn't see the presentation, but they have this fun little mini game where it's like one-on-one card battles. It's sort of like um, you place cards to do like a turf war with like card shapes or something, and that looks fun. But that's not a Salmon Run. That's not a real mode. That's a little side thing. Um, you know, wow. two had more. What a
1: out. Of the fifth. To I mean, so hard on that mode. What? This no, it count. looks great. This it is a looks super real mode. Oh well, you know what. Well, well, come on.
0: If if you're saying, "Hey, friends, let's do a ranked battle," no, no, of I mean, don't I I, I I mean, well, I didn't. Let's see jump to this, a this new ranked series. battle of. Oh wait, we can't because it's a one-on-one card battle. Like it's not the same scale, is what I mean. As Salmon, no, I mean,
1: when when I the, to, I mean, I didn't see the direct, but I saw images of that card of oh, said card battle, and I was like, man, that actually feels like big and robust. Like I, I would say this holds up my weight, at even their turf war. This is like, you think the, so? No.
0: I can't tell how serious or facetious you're being. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no. I mean, again, it looks cool. They have 150 cards you can use. Like, there's a lot of thought put into it and a lot of care put into it. But it feels to me like them enhancing the old, like, rhythm mini game into something a little more. But it's still kind of a side thing. And that rhythm mini game, by the way, isn't back. So this is its replacement if you think about it. But, yeah, like, my point was, like, when Splatoon 2 – at least I don't think it's back. They haven't confirmed. But uh, when Splatoon 2 oh, came out, like, it had more – and it was the first time on Switch, so it also got that bump. And now Splatoon three just feels like it's missing. So I mean, I, don't get me wrong; I'm still looking forward to Splatoon three. I'm sure game night crew will revive itself to play it. Um, and there's absolutely still the opportunity for it to do well for Nintendo, it, like just sales wise. Like you know, the Switch install base is so much bigger now. Um, that could definitely help. Like think about how like Forgotten Land was working off now 111 million Switch owners compared to star allies coming out when there was like low double digit millions of switch owners. So obviously Splatoon has a bigger crowd to work with, but it's just kind of a bummer that in the five years it took Splatoon three to materialize, especially after the initial Splatlands teaser made it look like such a big shakeup. It doesn't seem to be evolving as quickly as a notoriously slow as molasses series like Pokemon. And that just like messed with me. Cause one of them I'm like, ah, oh, it's too much. You one I'm like, ah, oh, it's not enough. And that's basically where my head has been at. Um, and I feel like talking to us, I've been like laying on a couch at like a Nintendo therapy session, and, and you've been my video game psychiatrist, um, hearing me ramble out my thoughts. So, th- so thank you, Angel. But yeah, that's kind of just where I sort of landed. And I realize you're allowed to have different expectations for different games. I think just the three in a row of Nintendo going boom, 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 with seemingly equal footing major releases, maybe not the DLC, but you know, uh, I was just surprised at how differently I reacted to them. But I guess it's based on each series individual path to get here. But you seem more amped about Splatoon 3. I mean, like you said, you didn't even watch the presentation, so are you just looking forward to the mechanic tweaks, the quality of life improvements? Because like, there's a lot of quality of life, a lot of cool world building and customization options. There's just no new ranked mode, no new pillar, so to speak. But do you, maybe you feel you don't need one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would still be playing Splatoon 2 if we were all still like as much into it at the time, so frankly, I'm just like, just give me more of the same, just give me more of that, and this is more of that, it sounds like just different stages, new weapons it's like, alright, that's perfect just call me yeah. in.
0: there's some cool customization stuff Um, I don't know how many people got leverage, it, but there's this interesting thing called the locker where you can basically set up a locker of keepsakes so and now you can customize your character, you can customize like a space for them, and then you can go into the locker room and view like the last like 20 or some odd lockers of the people you've recently played, which is kind of cool. Um, so, like, now you can buy, like, accessories basically for your uh, for your Inkling or Octoling. Like, they showed, like, you could buy skateboards and other stuff. Um, that was kind of neat. And the person who sells them, I thought this was a great nod. I don't know how many people noticed this. Um, it took me a second to make connect the dots, but the character who sells them is named Harmony, and she grabs the items off the shelf using one of the old Nintendo uh, Ultra Hand toys from the 70s. So that's a nice little Easter egg for the diehards out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay, so that, that's me ramping, ranting about Nintendo stuff. What have you been up to? What have you been gaming
1: on? Who have you been playing? Oh, well, I do have some time, like I said. I've been playing a lot of Tales of Xillia. Happy that I'm finally making some oh, right, real right. progress. Getting towards the end. I was really hoping to just finish this game and finally be able to unplug the PS3. But because I know my brother, I mean, I do too. We want to play all the Tales games. But I kinda kept the fact that um Zillia has equal on the PS3. Not to not not so much to myself. I just like felt like oh, I'm not really gonna bring that up because if I bring it up, I don't know for sure he's not gonna wanna move on to the PS4 game so that we could disconnect the PS three. But yeah, yesterday we were looking through the Tales of Anthology. It's like a book I have in Japanese. That just chronicles Mm -hmm. all the tales from, like, the very beginning to 2016. And, yeah, it popped up there and he saw it. So, I guess we're going to be on the PS3. (laughs) Your fate is now sealed, is what you're saying? Yeah, we're going to be on the PS3 for a little while longer. But, it it, it is PS4?
0: This may be the most ignorant question I've ever asked in our years of recording together. And I'm sure if Kevin was here, he'd scoff. Does the PS4 not let you play PS3 discs? No. See that that confuses me. PS5
1: I feel can like, play I mean, PS4 and PS4 games and both can right. play whatever PS3 games that are on their online service. So maybe the Tales right, are there right. but I don't know if that's It's just yeah.
0: Like every system on the in the Nintendo side of things, every system that shared the same like insertion point for your game was backwards compatible. You know what I mean? Like, if you went from Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, the slot was the same size. It worked. If you went from DS to DS, well, the slot's smaller. You can't cram a Game Boy game in there. Even then, they put the second slot for a while. Uh, But if you went from, like, Super Nintendo N64, well, the slot's different. That doesn't work. But if you went from GameCube to Wii, well, that does work because it fits in the slot. Like, it's like whenever it fits in the slot, they allow it on the Nintendo side. Even Switch, you know, they move from disc back to cartridge. But... I feel like PS3 to four to five well, I or Xbox to Xbox to Xbox.
1: It's one slot. About the one Wii U, universal I mean, the slot. Game, games fit in the Wii slot, but that doesn't work. Okay, well that that's
0: that's fair. It did, but on for Wii. the most part, and even it then, only for like the, the first time. few
1: versions of it before they got to that feature. Of which? Of which one? But yeah, I digress. Um, I will say though. For I already forgot what time. Wait, about. which which
0: one were you saying? Wait, which one were you saying? Um, they removed the feature on. I didn't get no, we... that. Oh yeah, 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 that's true. But then yeah, yeah, okay. So Nintendo had weird exceptions to the rule, but it seems like PlayStation's rules the other way around. I mean, but anyway, uh, yeah. you were I mean, we yeah, were yeah, digressing.
1: Yeah, the the PS3 was the only is the only one that's in that weird situation because you know they had their console with I with the cell processor. They was built like, a very specific way and. Yeah. They kind of yeah. like dug their own grave they, group, in that
0: sense. They Yeah, they screwed themselves over with this with the nine cores of the cell processor or whatever their buzz was. They tried to make the cell processor their own blast processing from the Genesis days, and it just did
1: not work. Yeah, which, in the same know, way. Unfortunately, <laughs> make some games that I do really want to revisit to, her to get, but at least I was lucky enough that Fall of Cybertron, probably my favorite PS3 game, or at least one of them. Is still available on Amazon and it will give you a download code for your theme. So, I've been revisiting that and damn, that game still holds up really well visually and just gameplay wise. Like, it just feels like the perfect Transformers game. Oh my god, that game is so great!
0: Was that was that the one you played in college where like it was like kind of open area combat sort of and you could do like on the fly people and like, compared to Gears of and... War? It was very cute. Right. Movie. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was combat heavy. Yeah, I remember. That was fun. I, I think I played it a couple times in college with you.
1: Yeah, and it's a really fun, great game, great story. I mean, transferring feels great. It's just it's awesome all around. It,
0: it's wild to me that, like, Platinum Games then got the franchise and somehow could not top that? Like, if anyone can make a good action game around any mechanic, you would th- well, think it would be Platinum Games, or at least a subset of developers within Platinum Games, and yet...
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on there a little. <laughs> so, Moon Studios, you know, they knocked out of the park with War for yeah. Cybertron, Fall Cybertron. War for Cybertron was great, but it was... I, even I wouldn't say it was, like, a, a really, really good game. It was, like, maybe, like, a 7 out of 10. It was just good. It was a really good game. But then, right. Fall Cybertron, just, like, improved on everything like every little thing that you could have been like like, like if this was a little better or if they didn't have this many this many types of unreal levels or blah 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 like we addressed all of that and yeah. but then unfortunately activision then decided like hey dark moon we're gonna make you make all these movie tying games and we're gonna like limit the heck out of you too like as you're making them and that unfortunately led to them. Basically, like failing with a few of the later games that they made, and so well, eventually it led to their studio getting shut down, which really sucks. And after that, yeah, like you said, platinum. So there were like two or three games in between. That. It was like I think for Transformers, where they go to China, whichever one that one was. Age was of Extinction. No, oh, Age of Extinction
0: is Britain. Uh, dark, dark, Dark of the Moon. No, 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 no. no. It's the it's yes. one we saw no. in
1: theaters at the Arclight.
0: Yeah, with Stanley Tucci randomly in it. Um, not Yeah, Dark of the Moon. Dark of the Moon. Yeah, Dark of the Moon. Yeah. Dark of the Moon, going once. I feel like I'm auctioning. Dark of the Moon, going once, going twice. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that game failed. And, that yeah.
1: one. And then one. And then Platinum. Wait, 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 no. Was
0: the... it Dark of the Moon or was it Rise of the Beast? Oh, Rise of the Beast isn't out yet. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah, Dark of the Moon. Um, Yeah, that game was okay. Um, But it was just, yeah, it pretty much killed Dark Moon Studios, unfortunately. So I don't even know if that game is ever going to get a remake or whatever. But I'm glad at least you can get it through Amazon. Um, But then the Platinum game. Honestly, I really, really love the Platinum game. Because, you know, that one that one felt like it actually got Platinum's A-team. As far as, like, their... You know, it's a, it's a, it's a combo beat-em-up, like Bayonetta style, but in Transformers. And they managed to just nail the aesthetic down. Like it's, I would say it's just as awesome It's like of Cybertron in its own right just because they're very different types of games but you know they nail, they nail the the 80s cartoon look perfectly the transforming feels great the music is great like everything is really cool but and then since then we just haven't really gotten anything so that's just where we are what right was now. I
0: thinking of that Platinum made that wasn't good but was oh did they do a Ninja well, Turtle game or something the se- I mean
1: at the same time as Transformers they also had a B and a C team that made other license games like they're yeah, it could also be the same people they just filmed it in but the no b- it's a b and c team they have three teams, yeah but the b team yeah. probably went in into turtles because that game was okay right but a That's lot of like weird that. issues with it That i'm just like huh yeah. It feels kind of a structured game and then the last game was the light of Korra, which was like as bare bones as possible Right, so
0: yeah, I, I definitely mixed up your favorite IPs that Platinum worked on. It's funny that they ended up working on both of your like big franchises, Turtles and Transformers.
1: Yeah, but yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Kind of, it, it felt like a lucky to lucky to be playing games at that kind of thing where it's like damn. I'm so glad I got these games. But you know, Turtles, I am hoping eventually gets. Honestly, I would love this game. Almost felt like exactly what I would have wanted because you know it's kind of up upy, but it's combo heavy, so that's. Makes me enjoy it more, but you also have right. like a mini open map that you can explore and ninja around, how you would want to do a turtle thing. So that was really cool too. But point is, we're talking about, I guess, the other games that I'm playing. And part of the big one is multiverses because, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. that's been that's been interesting. Like at first, I wasn't completely sold on it. Like I remember initially playing it and thinking like oh, the controls feel kind of weird. I don't know if I really love it yet. Um but after you know a couple days with it and just like playing like some co-op games with some friends and yeah, I think um I think I'm really starting to like it. And no I have not I did not buy any of the the season passes or anything. I'm just playing 100% free right now. But the only character that I'm interested in, like my Bowser, so to speak, I guess is someone like Daffy Duck, but who is all but confirmed? I mean they were on the a leak list that had LeBron James a while back, which is you know kind of like a a a we yeah a wee fit trainer kind of like kind of prediction where it's like, oh okay, if this person actually makes it in from this list, and the list is basically validated at that point. And sure enough, yeah, he shows up so now we get to say sentences like, Oh man, like LeBron actually has really good frame data. Oh, where is like LeBron on the tier list? Of, what like- a
0: strange reality we live in. I mean there's a lot of things going on in the world that makes you like what a strange timeline we're in but <laughs> what's LeBron's frame data in the fine game where he beats up Bugs Bunny is certainly up there.
1: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely interesting. But but yeah, like I said, I've only been Playing as Taz, love playing as Taz, super fun character, but not the biggest combo wise. He's also one of my favorite Looney Tunes, so I'm glad he's like in there on the starting roster. But yeah, definitely for that Daffy or Godzilla, which is also was also on that list, which I can't wait to see. Because I mean, I guess if they made the Iron Giant work, then yeah, I guess it makes sense that he's probably going to be somewhat similar to the Iron Giant. But I have a, the only thing, and I have a
0: question. Oh, you might uh-huh? be addressing it. So I'll let you talk. You might. But just want yeah, I was gonna
1: that. say like, unlike Nickelodeon, like the thing that they know from the very beginning is like, you know, not just all the characters having voices, but just like how much banter there is between like characters that's relevant to them. That something that like not even Smash Brothers. That's like the one that, like you know, obviously I love like the heck out of Smash Brothers, but compared to something like PlayStation All Stars, I would say that PlayStation All Stars and multiverses does a better job of making it feel like the characters are actually crossing over with each other um because depending on who you're fighting in multiverses like they'll actually like they'll basically talk to each other like if i'm taz taz will say stuff about bugs Bugs will say stuff about taz or vice versa and they have lines for every single character which is kind of nuts and yeah that's like what i'm really liking about And you know in playstation all-stars you had all the stages that you know, you'll have one that starts in, like, Hades from God of War 3. but then it transitions to Patapon, or you have Loco Roco that transitions to Metal, Gear, and the music also transitions as well. So it feels like, damn, like they're really mixing these worlds. But in Smash Brothers, you never get any of that. Like, it's just, you know, the characters may as well be throwing punches at anybody. Like, it doesn't matter. Which, you know, it's obviously designed that way, right? So it's, like, it. it's very siloed. But, yeah, yeah, but I, but I would have liked to see, and, you know, Subspace Emissary, is, like the closest thing. We, I mean is that that like that's where we got that, like actual character interactions with like the other universes where it's like, oh look, they're actually like crossing over kind of deal. But but yeah, that's that's the part that's felt the the best and you know, just the quality of the animation, like hit the part that myself and a lot of people are still like, Oh yeah, like they still need they still have a ways to go before they can improve on this is like the the weight that some hits give like smash brothers it feels like if you get hit by bowser smash attack it feels like it hits hard and it sounds like it hits hard but in but in this game i don't know none of the moves really feel like they have a ton of impact i don't know if it's the sound mm. design i don't know if it's like the i think part of it is the animation but it kind of feels like all moves like hit about the same even the moves that are supposed to be kill moves they don't have like an oomph to them, it just feels like it just killed them without any like that. I felt like that hurt kind of deal, like when you get in Smash Brothers. So, you know, but you know, I'm, I'm comparing like, a game that's had like years and years to like fine tune their systems and something that just came out. And for something that just came out, I mean, all that matters is that it's fun and it is so, which is great, but obviously, right now it's new, it's already gotten a wave of nerfs and buffs, and frankly, I think need to, to wait a little bit. Platform spotlight yeah. at evo yeah and definitely to you know, um, wait a little bit for it just because yeah the uh, what was i gonna say um yeah right now when you play online especially single player like because there aren't a ton of characters to pick from like literally everybody's playing a thin which is kind of annoying it's like it's just just tearing it's like fighting the same character over and over right. and over again
0: I imagine, especially with the banter being what it is, that just hearing the same lines over and over and over.
1: Yeah. So, you. You know that, so, but, you know, that's something that's obviously, like, getting rectified before we know it. We'll have, like, you know, Rick and Morty. We yeah, have Rick and Morty, like separate characters. are going to be soon. They're already been kind of late. And then you have stuff no, like... No, they were
0: straight up announced. They were announced... Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, people yeah.
1: have... Oh, I meant more, like, people already, um... I guess, like... You know, they they found the files and they were able to actually play Oh, I mechanics. see. So, so the announcement was
0: confirmation. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and they have really cool mechanics. The one thing actually they have to really come in this game for is by, they're kind of going crazy from the very beginning as far as mechanics go, like characters, like stuff that we didn't see until like the third or fourth Smash the game. Like, you know, some of these characters are doing from the get-go. but you have characters like Velma that's like almost like a new take of the Phoenix Wright character from, like, Marvel vs. Capcom, which is kind of crazy, because, you know, he has an investigation phase. I mean, yeah, she has to, like, collect clues, and then solve the case, and then when she does, she gets to call the cops and, like, send them after you. You know, it's, it's kind of it, neat. It kind of
0: makes sense that they're going that big at the start, because they have to very quickly, to your point about it, it took Smash three or four games, they have to very quickly get to the bar that Smash has now set. Like, they yeah. need to be, like, I mean, obviously they don't need to, like, do have Velma find clues, but um, I feel like the sooner they do stuff like that, the quicker they can be, like, we are a viable alternative to Smash Bros. We can fill the Smash Bros. hole at Evo or whatever. Like, it—I it, see why they're doing it. Like, it would be crazy if they did this in 2005, but it makes sense if Smash already kind of set the bar that they're just matching it now in their own creative ways. I'm not dissing them for—I'm not knocking them for, you know, not being creative, but I could see how they're quick they're getting there quicker just to get feature parity essentially.
1: Yeah. But you know, it's pretty cool. It's so here's my question
0: that I thought you were gonna mention, but you didn't. You talked about combos and you talked about uh banter. Isn't multiverse's thing that um it's more catering to two on two than a traditional Smash Bros. game? Yeah, Have you tried like, that? Is that true?
1: No, yeah, yeah. And just like All Stars, like I would say it is much more fun in co op than it is in single player. So, you know, I feel like that works greatly in its favor. Because now it think which is still more from Smash Brothers. It's not going to replace Smash Brothers for anybody that's really into Smash Brothers. It's just going to complement which is nice. Because now there's like another game that we can play. And right. Which leads to another
0: me- question. Where is it on Switch? Why is it not on Switch? But anyway, sorry, yeah. you're saying something.
1: But yeah, like- I was going to say that because like every character has like attacks and some that are specific for co-op. Like, wouldn't even work in single player. Like, after you play a, as a character enough times and you level them up to... I believe it's level 15 or level 10. No, I think it might be level 10. Um, you unlock an ability that sometimes changes, like, the character. Like, it's, like, enough of a significant change that it feels like a 2.0 of the character. But, like, Taz, for instance... Um, with his, I guess, ability that you can use in single player. Um, if he eats a projectile, it will become an anvil, which, you know, gets can spit out and it'll deal way more damage. He can pick up the anvil and throw it around. So he gets, like, a really big projectile. Without that, you know, he doesn't spit out the anvil. He'll just tell that projectile back, which, you know, kind of crazy. And his other ability is called, like, it's like it enhances his power move, basically that dust cloud, of, like, punches and kicks that you see in cartoons. Oh, yeah, yeah, the little tornado and, he does, yeah. Well, because yeah, so he has a tornado that's, you know, straight up the tornado. Oh, so you then, mean the dust cloud, like, oh,
0: there's a big fight, but we're not going to animate any of the fights, so here's just a bunch of, like, loose limbs yeah, out of a dust cloud.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, yeah, 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 that's one of his moves. Like, And then anyone that he, like, moves past will get, like, caught in the dust cloud and they'll get sent flying really far. And if you're in you an ability where if you're in a co-op game and you have that ability equipped, you can, your teammate can, you know, jump into that dog pile and power it up, and make it invincible during the duration, and make it last longer as well. So, you know, it's like something like that. Or, you know, if you're playing by yourself, obviously you're not going to have that move equipped. You have the anvil one, but if your opponent doesn't have bell, then you're kind of out of luck. But as well, like Taz's spin, you know, his tornado spin. If he spins past his partner, um, his partner will get a speeding increase. So they'll get like a buff, like a temporary buff. Oh, so, you know, interesting. And, you know, and Wonder Woman has like a shield that like if when she activates it, her teammate also like gets that armor as well and that one move. or she could use her lasso to like say your opponent is about to spike you off stage, she can use the lasso to like catch you and save you. Like from far away, which is pretty cool. Like we never really had that kind of like crazy interactions with, like characters like that. Which is really nice. But yeah, and as I kinda alluded to, there is like a a perk system, which, you know, love it or hate it, it's, it's there. Um, You know, those main abilities, those are fine. Like, I feel like once you have those, that's like, okay, now you've reached the final form of the character. But on top of that, you get to pick three little augments. It's like, oh, 2% increase knockback on horizontal moves. Or you get a triple jump if you land in the air. Or 10% movement speed increase. So, yeah, like, those definitely change the game and you know eventually i guess it's inevitable that people will figure out like what is the best combination for each character and there's going to be everything to change them out but those are things you can easily they can swap out they could add more you know it's they have many ways to like keep this game going for a long time but yeah the fact that Switch is very confusing because it feels so like it's weird perfect Switch. and I'm, i don't and yeah. i don't think it's because dragon god of game of thrones person is there but what yeah. <laughs> wait what's the reason you think oh no no no! i was just joking this and i'm pretty sure it's not because it's like a character from oh. like, you know game of thrones even though they're like oh yeah no. the, they're not even i mean i don't know if you didn't know who they were they would just seem like generic from in person but yeah no this isn't this thing.
0: isn't 90s nintendo they're not turning the blood from red to green in moral combat like there's, that's yeah. not the holdup by any means.
1: The game does I have think, a, um, uh, foul, a like you know adult language switch, which is kind of funny. So if you want to hear oh, characters say more raunchy things, you could turn that on. And if you don't, then yeah, and obviously it doesn't apply to everybody. But like a character like Harley Quinn will like curse if you have that switched on.
0: Huh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really surprised it's not a Switch because like I I don't know if you remember in the early days of the Switch, the thing we always used to talk about on Ram Nintendo was um, this idea of like expanding the footprint like you get people in with one game in a genre and they can bring more games of that genre and kind of expand out and then slowly build out your audience for even more genres and more games and that sort of thing um, Smash Bros. is done, right? Like, Smash Bros. is over. Ultimate's done. People still play it but it's done. If people want something new multiverses could be that expanded footprint opportunity. I'm really surprised they haven't done that. and Or currently aren't. Unless... Is it a graphical powerhouse? Like, why you you're playing on what PlayStation? I assume. No, I'm playing on PC. Okay, on PC, is it that graphically intense? Doesn't
1: seem like doing anything that the Switch wouldn't be able to do.
0: That's what's so weird to me. Like, and I mean, Smash has sold great. Like, it's like the third or fourth best-selling game on Switch. That's a ton of people. It's like 26 million or something. That's a ton of people. For
1: this, a more impressive-looking game.
0: Interesting. So yeah, then I have no no idea why when Smash sells that much and there's that many people that have played it and enjoyed it, that Warner isn't like, well, we could get uh, half of that, uh, you know, maybe and get people start paying us. Like it to doesn't get it make.
1: Because I, mean, I mean, Fall Guys like a whole maybe. other year to get their game on Switch. That's very true. That's very true. So I'm wondering if like, maybe and even like, then, it's, been, it's that been... we're not aware of that. It's, like, kind yeah. of an exclusive problem with Switch because, like, Rocket League was also a thing for a while before it came on Switch. But yeah, and they, do, they, do, a shoulder,
0: they so. do a good job of making the architecture as, as developer-friendly as possible, and they have all the engine support. But if it's something custom, you're right. That could definitely be bogging it down. Yeah. It might um, not even be yeah, because of bogus... the game. It might
1: be because of, like, the online structure or the online Yeah, that's fighting true. because it's a fighting game, so... Maybe they're having some issues with the rollback netcode it's because it's only rollback netcode. Uh, it just can't be supported on Switch because I don't know if Switch. No, wait, the Switch does do rollback netcode because. Yeah, it does rollback. Kind of uh, you're and... not forced
0: to use. Yeah, and you're not forced to use so Switch but, Online you know, could like, If you're something. free to play, yeah. you could okay. do whatever you want. You can have voice chat in your game for all Nintendo cares. Like, they really are super, like, laissez faire now about it. Um, but yeah, it could be a technical thing. It could also be, honestly, Warner may have looked at the marketing and gone, well, on Switch, there is some satiated demand with Smash, even though there's, I think, a ripe opportunity for them to sort of double back to those people. But on Xbox and PlayStation, there is nothing like Smash. So let's put it there. I mean, there's Brawlhalla, I guess. But maybe they're like, oh, well, let's, let's start where Smash isn't. And if it's successful, is it successfully causes them to bring it Switch. owners, for better or worse, are used to waiting for games. So, you know.
1: yeah, there's plenty. It of- would be fun to. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you do have yeah. a PC or any way to play it, it's worth checking out. But I, I think it's going to come down to, like, you know, if there's a character you really like, I, you know, like, Taz is what's keeping me playing it right now. And, obviously, when Daffy comes out, well, you know, that's only, like, 80% of it. The other 20% is, like, how the game feels, and it did, it did grow on me, and, you know, I am having a lot of fun with it, and I could myself just sticking with it just like Fall Guys like, those two are definitely like part of my normal rotation now just got that Eggman costume as well all the way that thing is amazing Um,
0: yeah uh, so what do you think of the Sonic event I was playing that the last couple nights Um, I get <laughs> I don't know how to describe this I feel like the Fall Guys Sonic event was the Sonic cycle epitomized a little like it's such a tribute to Sonic they did Sonic like on paper it sounded awesome in practice it took a while to click with me. Like, it wasn't fun initially. It got better. Like, the ring collection thing. But, like, initially, it's just, like... It's so up to luck with where the rings... what, When exactly the rings will spawn. Like, you can kind of guesstimate, but kind of not. And it depends on where you get spawned at the beginning, if you get an early lead or not. Like, it's so... I don't know. Like, Fall Guys is really good to me because you are kind of in control of your... I was saying this when we were talking about Fall Guys in the last round of Nintendo, like the last formal round of Nintendo. It's online, it's competitive, but you have your own full agency over how you perform. And I feel like the ring mode sort of does away with that, and it's up to every factor but you to win. Did you get that vibe?
1: I guess not, because I was playing it yesterday with some friends, and... Um, we found that, like, all right, they, they spawned, like, at this interval, so, like, we just made our way to the highest level and just spaced ourselves, like, a good amount further, and then you just run in circles, and we just got all the rings pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, no, I can
0: do... So I can, every single time, get to the final match. Every time. And I played probably about two and a half hours, three hours of the event. I can do it every single time. In the final match, if I'm not spawned near the bumper that gives you all the rings initially, that gets you up top quickly, it's basically a lost cause. I've noticed for me, maybe it's my skill level as well, but I feel like there's more dependent on the environment than in the rest of fall guys. And that's weird to me.
1: Since I mean, how can I so go for any of those? That. Like where you have to like, you're like in one little arena and you have to like jump through the rings before someone else does. I mean, I'm yeah. I, I, eh, I feel like a lot of those though. are like
0: survival. It's more about how well you can jump through the rings versus how quickly someone else jumps through the rings. You know, or like the or like the final challenge where like the floor falls out. It's like okay, well, how well can you balance on the highest level, even as things whittle down? Usually, it's your own slippage that causes you to lose, not all the honeycombs going away before you get a chance to get to them. So I, I don't know. I, again, I clearly I liked it enough because I played it for two and a half hours, and you unlock yeah, yeah, yeah. everything in the free tier in thirty minutes. But um, so I played for two hours just to play, but it definitely was like this is not a hundred percent. What it could be, I feel like. Like it was clo- Like I feel like a race mode in Fall Guys. Like if they just had you run forward, like a Sonic um, dash type of thing, like the mobile game. Like that almost feels like it'd be a better fit in a way than this ring collection. But the theming of it's great. Uh, I, I I like the the pattern you unlock. I like the shoes you unlock. I wish there's a way to unlock the costumes with just kudos or crowns and not money. But uh, overall, like visually, it's great. It's just the gameplay. I don't know something about. It just was like this isn't quite the pinnacle of fall guys or what it could be in my opinion
1: so have you gotten the no crown in that game yet
0: nope
1: i honestly oh, yes. thought wow
0: i honestly thought well i stopped playing for a little bit so i played for like a week straight and then i took a break and then i jumped back in with the sonic event and i honestly thought sonic would be where i would get the crown because it's only three rounds it's only half the crowd um I got really good at being within the first three people in the first round to always get the most coins. I got really good at being within the top 50% to get the to get the coins needed for the second round. I cannot for the life of me get that third round. And I really think it's based on spawn point at this point. Spawn point and coin spawn rate versus anything I can do. Because I can be next to the bumper, jump up and get more coins fast enough and get close to the winning, or I mean rings. But if I'm spawned in the middle of the bumpers, not to first get to a bumper, it's a lost cause. So, that's where that's that's coming from.
1: Something you need to adapt. It has to be a strategy.
0: Probably, because people clearly are winning at it. People clearly are winning at it, yeah. So, we'll see. I might try and play. It would be funny if I play it today, and then by the time this episode's out, I'm already on Twitter. Like, I won! I'm a winner! I'm the best player! I have all the skills! But as of now, I'm playing the game by myself. I'll give you, it's not
1: one of my (laughs) favorites. Multi, sure. yeah, yeah.
0: I really do think a race would, like I was saying, I think a race would have been stronger if they did a race uh version, but yeah,
1: it's still fun.
0: I mean, can't complain, it's free to play, like you were saying, you know, it's still part of a rotation of free to play stuff. So, there's always it's only for this weekend, too. So it's just not like we're they're married to this format, so yeah. But what I do think it does, in all honesty, is I think it opens the door for a lot of really cool future collaborations because up to this point, correct me if I'm wrong, Fall Guys has mostly been costumes and, and aesthetic stuff. But if they start dipping into, like, gameplay modes and new, like, weekend events and stuff that are themed around other IPs, that could be really fun. So I'm curious to see what the, what doors this opens more than anything else at this point.
1: Yeah, give us more of this. Be cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But um, Yeah, I guess yeah opposite, what else? You... I like, guess something that I'm not playing and I think oh? it's the same for you as well is the play. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think we should finally just, like, about this thing, too, yeah, you know, so, so
0: to yeah, so I think you have a bit more of a visceral negative reaction than I do, but um, yeah, so the play date, um, should we for those who don't know if they somehow missed it because it was announced two years ago and it just kind of quietly got released? Um, the play date is by Panic, they are the publisher of Untitled Goose Game and Mac, uh, organizational software. And they decided to make a hard uh, some video game hardware, their own video game platform, and they made this quirky little yellow box called the Playdate. It is a portable. It has a crank that is basically an analog control input, and it uh, is a throwback to simpler time. So you're getting a dot matrix, although very high quality, black and white, not backlit screen. And it's this little tiny, I don't know, how big would you say the Playdate is? It's like, not postage stamp small, so but like, and a half inches? it's small. Sure, yeah, um, in diameter or length, because you know
1: one of those.
0: <laughs> okay, there you go, guys. It's two and a half inches in a direction of your choosing. Um, but yeah, and it's, it's, it's two, and, it's, two uh, and a half by two and a half. It's not a
1: perfect square, but it's close.
0: Yeah, it's like it's really close. Um, and this device, the other hook isn't just that it has a crank to play your games, but they did this really kind of interesting approach where. Every week, you get your play date when you get it, and then every Monday for twelve straight weeks after you activate your device, two games show up. It's part of. It's always the same uh, sequence for everyone, but they they do it in a season. So there's season one, which includes twenty four games that comes with your purchase pi- price of the play date, which is oh man, I bought it so long ago. Do you remember the MSRP? Is it two hundred one seventy nine, something like that? One seventy nine, yeah. 179, yeah, I just looked Or it up no, yeah, eh, one of those two. 179, yeah. 179. I just looked it up. Yeah, so for 179, you get this device. You get 24 guaranteed games. Um, every Monday, they show up. They A little purple light is on the um, power button telling you they're there, and it's flashing. You turn on the device. You unwrap them with a little fanfare. It's very Nintendo-y. The whole thing is very Nintendo-y in presentation and style. Um, but then you also have, unlike Nintendo... The ability to sideload whatever you want onto it. So people, there's a whole thriving community on Reddit of people making their own games. You could go like um, some of those various indie game platforms. Like what's one of them called? Is it itch.io or something like that? Anyway, there you can buy them for a buck, five bucks for free, whatever. There's always other games you can download. But ultimately, it's this little digital-only two by two, two and a half by two and a half crank-based, black and white-screened, dedicated gaming device. I think that's a good summary of kind of what you get, what you know, what you're paying for at 180. So what, what do? You, but you said you're not using it very much, right?
1: Yeah, and it's not even like to its detriment. Like the funny thing is that it's exactly what I was expecting it to be. It's great. It's it's exactly as advertised. It's quirky. Some of the games are fun. You know, it's, 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 it's some of the games are a little hit and miss, but I wouldn't say any are like. A, like, I wouldn't say any of them are terrible. So, you know, some are just more appealing than others, or it just depends on the genre. So the ones that – I mean, would like yeah. to be someone's favorite. They're just very, very different. Um, I will say, be.
0: if I can't reject super quick, the only one that had me scratching my – really scratch my head is one of them. And we're not going to spoil – some of the fun of it is you don't know what games again. You get that little Monday surprise where it unwraps the game for you. So we're not going to say much about the games. But I will say one of them is a music editing software that's kind of like SimTunes if anyone played that in the '90s, but a little less oomph. And I don't know. The screen itself is one and a half inches, so I'm not sure who's editing music on one and a half inch screen with just two buttons and a crank and a D-pad. Like that felt like a very weird choice to me. I won't count on the actual game games, but that one I don't know how that got in the mix. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like, it's so, it's, it has no actual gameplay. It's just a music editing suite.
1: Like, it's 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 neat, but it's like, it feels out of place. But anyway, sorry, you were saying? But yeah, like, you know, the game quality is fine. But the thing is, like, I don't know if I was expecting, like, to be playing it a lot. But yeah, I guess it turns out that I don't know what it is. I just don't have time to even play or really look at it. Like, I barely touched it in general. The only reason. I mean I think I maybe picked it up like for three different sessions. The first time being when, you know, when I got it and I played whatever game like was first announced on it or first shown. And then eventually I think the second time I played, like half the games were released, so there was like a bunch of games I had to unwrap. And then the last time I played it was, you know, after all the games were already out. So I pretty much got to see but, like, you know, everything I got to offer, but yeah, at that point, I guess I have no use for it. So I just decided I'm just going to sell it at this point. Um, that was I'm quick. just not using it. Like, I'm, I'm just, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm just not using it. Like, I feel like it's going to waste. I feel like I'd rather go to someone that's actually going to use it. And I'm not even going like, to sell it for, like, way above MSRP. I know some people are, like, almost doubling it. Like, at this point, I feel like I just, I'll take my money back and just, yeah, just kind of go from there. Like if anything, I'm more looking forward to jumping back on the 3DS because I've been buying some Japanese DS and 3DS games, so I feel like that's actually going to get way more use than was getting, unfortunately. But you know, it is what it is. I kind of—I I don't know what it is that is keeping me from doing it more, but I just don't really want to have to worry about another device, especially when I'm game right now. Even though it seemed like yeah, a super know... awesome idea at the time. <laughs>
0: It still is. I think Conception It's a really cool idea and there is some fun and you get a little surprise every week. And I think partly what may have gotten – because I haven't played a lot either for different reasons I'll get to. But I think what may have helped both of us, and I think they, this was de- uh, detrimental to them overall, they originally were going to have the season be synced up with everyone. So you get your play date, you wait a week or two, and then everyone gets the same games every week. Everyone. And that fell to the wayside because COVID, because of the chip shortages and the semiconductor shortages, because of issues with batteries where they actually had to scrap and redo all the batteries and all the early units because they didn't hold charges correctly. Like, there's all sorts of issues that led to this two-year delay that led to them now kind of trickling them out to people like a, like they're doing with Steam Dex at Valve. Um, but the original idea to me, that everyone would, on Monday, get two games and collectively water cooler talk, chat about them on Reddit, go on Twitter, like, everyone would be in, like, a book club together, but it's for games. That always had a really interesting potential to me. Like, I think that, like, even if we, Angel, just synced up ourselves, which we didn't, because we got them, like, two months apart. Uh, but props to us for getting them so early, by the way. A lot of people still Like, Wave is only going out now. But, um... Like, if, if you sync up with someone, and then you had, like, a book club approach, or, like, you know... um after everyone watches like an episode of television they talk about you know like right now i know like Barry call Saul has been getting a lot of attention online with with its final episodes and things like that like if there's that structure in place wait the show where is it? it's possible f- it's ending in like any week now yeah oh, wow. um i
1: actually just started watching it
0: oh well good timing um but yeah like whatever it is if they did that sort of structured thing i feel like a lot more people would have been like tuned in because i even saw warrior 64 you know the, the twitter account makes some crack about how he got a survey about the games and how he hasn't played them yet any of them yet and it's just like yeah there's it's a little harder to d- carve out the time if you can do it anytime and they just never do it but if there's like oh i want to be part of like the discourse if you will like you're gonna find the time in that week case in point part of the reason that i wanted to do the sonic event beyond getting, getting on the unlockables is i wanted to like Be able to go online and be like, "Look, guys, I got a crown in the Sonic event in Fall Guys. Isn't that cool?" Like, so I'm playing it like a lot in this short window because there's only that short window where it's relevant for me to say that with Playdate. Because people are trying not to spoil it for each other, and everyone's on different like uh, cadences of releases, you kind of lose a bit of the urgency to want to play if you have any external motivators. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So it's just kind of coming out and just sort of sitting there, and I think that. Again, isn't Panic's fault? It they had a number of hurdles they had to overcome, but I think that is hurting the uh, overall like uh, attention around the device, both in terms of people talking about it, and in terms of like our individual attention spent on playing its games. Which is why you, I think, are now so willing to flip it, but we're so into it when they first announced it. You know, because even if you and I synced up. That would have been motivating for both of us to like try all all the games together and talk about. It. We could have done like a playdate book club on on the podcast here, like it would have been cool. Um, but everything got kind of out of whack with how they released it.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah the 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 thing and and the thing that kind of I want oh, to say sucks, about It kind of sucks. Pocket. Yeah, see, and that that's a lot easier to just be into because it has such a big library of existing games. And the, yeah, they're adding a game here and there. Like I think they're adding uh, space space yeah, I'm getting it
1: if I could play in my Japanese rhythm too. right
0: right what's the um, Space Wars from the the very first video game they are porting it to Analog Pocket and it'll be included in the OS for Analog Pocket which is really cool and they're That's doing really this whole fun. crazy library thing where you put in any cartridge and it'll tell you about the game like some like okay. built-in Wikipedia like there's super cool stuff they're doing with that but that doesn't have the hurdles of like playdate because you don't need to sync up with people. It's just like, do you like retro gaming? Here's some stuff to further enhance your retro gaming. Easy peasy. Um, but what sucks about the playdate situation is the device itself is so neat. Like so much love and care went into it. The crank feels very really good. It has like Nintendo-like personality. You know, you, you hit the lock screen like it opens an eye and looks at you. You hit the lock uh, the lock button. I mean, you hit the lock button two times. It fully awakens. Like there's just all these little things that you could tell. Panic really spent a lot of time honing and they had a, it was a pure passion project and it shines through in every way but then you got like the screwed up release schedule and then for me the thing that also is kind of holding me back from playing it more is I, I, I didn't realize how much I like backlights like I I feel like that screen is pretty small so when you're playing some games like one's a bird watching game that has a lot of dialogue the dialogue's tiny but then on top of that it does. You need to be in, like, the ideal lighting to to really play it. And I know we talked about this early on when we first got on Angel and you said you didn't have this problem, but my apartment we tend to keep a little dimmer um, in the evenings. So, like, I'm, like, huddled up against a lamp, cranking my little crank, trying to play it in, like, this weird position. And that just... Even when the new games came out, some of them I was just like, you know, I, I don't really want to be curled up in the field position next to a lamp. <laughs> like, I'm good with just, like, lounging, and I just never played some of the games because of it. And that's not necessarily a fault of Panic, it's not necessarily a fault of mine, it's just kind of the reality of the hardware, and, and that's holding it back, at least for me to some degree. So there's always a little, like, weird, like, not Death by a Thousand Cuts, because I don't think the... The platform's dead in my mind, but there's all these little, like, issues that arose that when the initial pitch was made never even crossed my mind as potential being problems, because the initial pitch sounded so good but yeah, lighting can matter, release cadence can matter and and as a result, I feel like I'm not maximizing my time with the play date, even though it's such nice hardware and is so much love and care put into it so I mean, it's a weird, I'm at a weird crossroads about it, basically. I'm not gonna sell it like you but it, it's a weird I didn't expect to be here with this. I thought I'd just pick Oh that's neat and play the games when they come out and move on. But not quite there.
1: Yeah. Well Yeah. It's a shame. Like I said, still still an awesome device. Um I think it's just where I am right now. I it's I think I need a I need more justification for Yeah to have yeah. something like this. And it's not and like you said, it's not on the fault of the developer at all. It's not necessarily my fault either. It's just i just... In reality. Yeah, i, I there's just something I just shouldn't be owning right now, clearly, because it's just going to go waste. So, and because of you know the fact that they're hard to get, that's why I felt more like you know, I need to kind of get rid of it. Because if there is that one that really, really wants one and they have to away because they missed out on the pre orders, then you know, I might as well get it out there,
0: help them out. But yeah, I will say, anyone who gets one, not only do you get a cool little console that's a very Catching, uh, eye-catching shade of yellow. The USB charging cord it comes with is the same shade of yellow, and it's a—I did not expect that, and it's a minor thing, but it's—it's it's neat. Like it's very yellow. <laughs> Everything's very yellow. It's very—it's very nice and yellow. Yellow. Yes. Just gonna keep saying the word yellow. Is there anything else we wanted to talk about? I think that was—was
1: uh, was that it? No, I think that pretty much set up. And um, yeah, I thought it was going to be shorter, but ended up being. Usual fall About
0: Yeah. Yeah. But we still miss Kevin and look forward to his return in Randomer Nintendo oh, Four.
1: I felt this miss. Yes. Yeah, his presence was definitely. Yes.
0: Missed. His presence was missed. Um and to to make sure you don't miss when he returns in a grand fashion Ram Nintendo randomer, excuse me, Nintendo Four. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Ram Nintendo for updates on when that episode's coming. Should be in two weeks, as usual. Um, you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, so if when it does arrive, you don't have to even seek it out; it just sort of dumps itself on you. Uh, so to do that, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, um, our YouTube channel is ramnintendo.com. Uh, individually, we're on Twitter. I'm JSR7. Angel's Wero W E I R O underscore O. And even though he's not here, let's let's tell you how to find Kevin K V N Gomi. So I think with that, housekeeping's done. That means all that's left is the final word, and the only person left to say it would be you, Angel.
1: Yeah. Check out my verses.